Hi, welcome to A Moment with m and Hey everybody, Mike and Mary Jo here. And our last name is Ryder. Yes, that's our last name. <laughs> we're having fun doing this. this. Can you tell? Well, I hope you can tell that we're enjoying doing this and uh, praise God. Thanks for joining us. We sure appreciate it. We've had some awesome comments in the past about people that have joined the podcast and enjoyed listening and um, have asked some questions and we've gotten some response that way. And then, you know, sometimes, I mean, a lot of what we post is just about life and what's going on and what conversations that Mike and I are having. And Uh so we hope you uh, get something from this conversation. Amen. We're going to kind of take a little bit of a dive into the subject of division in the body of Christ today. Um, last last time we talked about Second Thessalonians chapter two when mm-hmm. there's going to be a great falling away. Okay, um, and then I read Psalm one thirty three where we talked about unity being where the bless, blessing is commanded in verse three of Psalm one thirty three. There, the Lord has commanded the blessing, even life evermore. So I think one of the tactics of the enemy always is division. And one of the things that we've, we've heard, and we've heard some ministers use this, um, they've used this topic, uh, used this concept, that's a better word for it, this concept of the law of first mention, okay? And you can go find in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, where the serpent was in the garden talking to Eve. And this is what he said. He said, could it be that God really said what he did? Trying to get her to doubt what God said. Okay, And that's one of the things that he is going to try to use is that deceptive spirit to try to get you to doubt what the word says. Okay, So we just want to encourage you in the word and say, you know, go to the word. I'm going to read some excerpts from a, um, uh, from a Facebook post that are from a couple of well-known ministers. Okay. Uh, the one is doing healing crusades all over the country now and seeing major, major miracles go on in his ministry. And the other is a good friend and colleague of his and a pastor, uh, well-respected man of God, uh, very, very studied in the Word of God. And they had a little bit of controversy on something that was said, and this is some of the response uh, to that. To that, um, Okay, so here's the comment. It says, oh boy, here's what I do on vacation. I read your comments. <laughs> so... It's just finished reading all of them. It has been quite an experience. I am not surprised that some agree and some disagree. Okay, so this is something that one minister said, okay, this we need to take a look at this, folks. And it did show some division among people who are commenting on it. Okay, just to give you a little bit of context there on what I'm reading. I'm not surprised that some agree and some disagree. What does surprise me is the rationale behind many comments. How do you know who's right? Let's examine them. Paul said, we grow up into him, Christ, when we, quote, speak the truth in love. Some only want truth, but truth alone will just depress you. Others want only love, but love without truth will leave you in perpetual adolescence. We need both truth and love. 
let's all agree with Jesus. Thy word is truth, and make that word the final authority in all matters. Yes, the question should always be this. What does the Bible say? Mm -hmm. Just like we talked about last time, get strong in the word. Go to the word. Be a student of the word. So you know the difference between generally a deception is going to sound like the word, Mm -hmm. except there's going to be just a titch that's not right. Mm -hmm. And it's the titch that's not right that generally is the, it's kind of that little fox that gets somebody off. And so that's where you need to know what does the word say. Right. So many that, I'm going to go back to this uh, comment here, many that didn't like this minister's post rejected it because they think he's taking, talking about or against the practices of a ministry they like. Again, this surprised me because there was such little objectivity regarding the content of the critique. Forget for the moment the visions of heaven, celebrities here, celebrities there, who knows, but the teaching part, is it actually scriptural? Is this, I'd like to at least ask, is this person factually correct? Seemed to me it didn't matter to some. The reader already made up their mind, and in and doctrinal truth was irrelevant. So that is a very, very. Let me just scroll down here a little bit. Uh, they think the person has a good heart and therefore should be given a pass. This is dangerous. In these last days, the spirit of antichrist will be a spirit of deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And that's quoted from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10, of which I read part of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 last week. So, And then that goes right back to the deceptive spirit, the doubting spirit in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. So going back to the law of first mention on that that I mentioned, when you see something brought up in scripture for the first time you see a lot of clues as to how this thing is going to operate and then what we see when we see these things operating farther along in scripture is a consistent pattern okay take that one for instance uh genesis chapter 3 verse 1 the serpent was the most cunning animal creature in the garden and he said to the woman did god really say that did God really say that if you eat the fruit of it, you'll die? And then and it was she, changed. she replied, and then the serpent lied to her and said, no, that ain't what God said, because he knows that in the day that you eat of it, you'll become like him, and lied to her. So, okay, so take that. Fast forward to Matthew chapter, chapter 4. I believe it is, where Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And what does the devil do? He gets out the word mm-hmm. or a sprinkle of it. If you are the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And how did Jesus handle it? With the word. Mm-hmm. It is written. So that's why it's really critical, folks, for us to be the great students of the word that will keep us on the path. Uh, In the last days, the spirit of Antichrist will be a spirit of deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved, from 2 Thessalonians 2.10. The secret to avoiding the great deception is to avoid the little ones. The only answer to deception is to cultivate a love of the truth. This leads me to caution everyone. Beware of subjectivity and soulish preferences in spiritual matters. 
You test something by the word, not by your affinity. Others view this blog post as divisive rather than unifying, destructive rather than edifying. The assumption is that a good minister should never judge or point out the erroneous teaching or prophecy of some other minister. Our only recourse is to ask, what does the Bible say? Do ministers ever correct each other? Biblical example, Paul had a controversy with Peter, and it's described in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Paul had no problem writing about Peter's behavior in the rebuke, and evidently Peter accepted the correction. He received it. The book of Acts is replete with Paul's confrontations. He also had a conflict with Barnabas, circumcisers, and public officials in Philippi. It's not my style or yours, but confrontation is biblical. It was the same Paul who said, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. If, you've never, if, you are, if you are never rebuked, you're not hearing the word. I think we've gotten soft on some of these verses. The Bible tells us that we who publicly teach will be judged more strictly than others. It goes with the territory. It's healthy, actually. This person's mentor was always ready to correct his teaching and grammar. He was even harder on another minister. Some comments I read indicate that people think prophets are somehow in a special gift class and shouldn't be judged. What does the Bible say? Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. Uh, lost it there. Notice New Testament prophets had their prophecies judged, and they were usually a team ministry. Often apostles and prophets worked together. It was common to have more than one speak and others weigh or judge what was said. Why? We all hear in part. Or we may hear right but interpret wrong. And you'll find that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. And when he's talking about love, he also goes back to the gifts of the Spirit. Because if you look at contextually, 1 Corinthians 11, 12, 13, 14, where he's correcting the church, and then he's talking about how you should exercise spiritual gifts, love is smacked right in the center of that. And he talks about that in that chapter. We know in part and we prophesy in part. Mm -hmm. Beware of any minister that makes you afraid to question a prophecy that didn't work out. You are commanded to try the spirits to see that if they be of God. Now, we find that in Romans chapter 8, verses 13 through 15. They that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. That is us when we are born again. The Spirit will bear witness in our, with our spirit. Okay, The Spirit of God in us will give us that, yeah, this is right, especially when it comes up in line with the Word. And if something is contrary to the Word, even if it's just that little fox like Mary Jo said, you'll kind of get this, hmm, I really don't know about that. Let me check in with the Word. Okay, so picking it up a little bit later on, uh, this minister writes, many are concerned that this person's writing works against unity. Indeed, we are exhorted to walk in unity, but nowhere do we sacrifice truth or discerning on the altar of getting along. Again, this is why Paul rebuked Peter. I always found this verse challenging when I was a pastor, is what he says. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you, 2 Corinthians eleven nine. God somehow uses divisions to reveal who is serving him truthfully. I listened to a video about deception last night. He pointed out that Paul warned the Corinthians that they need to be careful what they listen to because a different gospel would open them up to a counterfeit spirit and connect them to a different Jesus than the biblical Jesus. Check it out in 2 Corinthians 11.4. Quote, 
For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. This applies to all people you listen to, including me, is what this guy says. Follow me as I follow Christ. And we'll say that too. Follow us as we follow Christ. Okay? If I depart from the simplicity of the gospel and divisions and mysteries, pull me back on track. In this regard, this other minister is as solid as a rock. He's Christ-centered, proof-producing, and winning souls. So, there we go. We have um, a good opportunity to deal with this because we've, you know, and, and you can't help but think about, about it. It's probably a part of the great falling away. You that know, we mentioned last that week. That we mentioned last week. We talked about that a little bit, and we read that out of Second Thessalonians chapter 2. So how do we deal with that? I think it's what we uh, shared last week, too, is that you need to know the word. And then we also mentioned in, in the podcast last week that there's different things that you can do to help protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned, you know, being in the word. Yep. We mentioned... Um, getting into a good church. Yep. And we mentioned that, you know, if you have questions, well, I guess we didn't mention that. This, we're going to mention it now. Uh-huh. That if you have questions that, you know, if you're going to a church, if you're planted in a church, then go to your pastor and get yes. their input and mm-hmm. ask them some questions. You know, one of the things that we're so blessed about when we go to church is that th- our pastor is reading the word to us. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, there's a lot of churches that you can go to that scripture may be mentioned in the readings, but it's like the sermon is more of a, um, a salad bar of what that minister maybe thinks the word says. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, there, there can be some issues with that, that you need to just be open your eyes and start thinking about so we recommend, like I said, being in a church, and we're blessed to be in a church where our, our pastor is reading the Word of God, and most of the sermon is the Word. That's what we commented this morning. We were sitting at church, and it was like, you know what? This man is teaching the Word. Yeah, it's basically what he's teaching is, was, is the Word. It was and very it's precious, not, too. Like I said, it's not a social um, salad bar of what the Word says. So. No. And it's not a collection of opinions of what this person or this person, that person, the other person thinks this scripture says, right? Because right? the word will always validate itself. And there's some things that, you know, when you're reading the Bible, which is something else we wanted to mention, is when I open the Bible, I'm asking God to reveal to me. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, mm. reveal to me what mm, you mm, want mm, me mm. to get today. Yes. What do you want me to learn? What do you want? What do you, what impact do you want in my heart today? What am I supposed to have my ears inclined to hear today? So that's a big, that's a big thing as far as asking for help and understanding. And like we just mentioned to go to your pastor and get understanding. And most churches have some type of mentorship where you're going to have individuals in the church that you can reach out to. You might have, yes. You might have groups like small groups that you go to. You might have um, Bible studies. You know, there's just different. Most churches have some type of s- setup where you're going to be able to 
talk to somebody Mm -hmm. that's going to be able to help you or guide you. And if they don't have the answers that they're going to direct you to the pastor or they're going to direct you to the word, you know, that they're going to encourage you to be getting the right answers. Mm -hmm. And so don't leave them out. If you're starting to, you know, if you're starting to have some questions, you know, because in this end time, I believe like we've shared is that there is going to be that serpent voice that says, did God really say? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's just going to come a time in your heart. You're going to have to either accept what God did say and know what God said, or you're going to be led astray. And I don't, we're just encouraging you to not do that. Right. It's coming down to, and I've said this probably several times on podcasts, on previous podcasts, is that we have to decide whether we are going to put our trust in man and man's devices and be disappointed or whether we are going to place 100% trust for everything in our life in God and in his word. And that is a way that, and, and, and I wrote this, I posted this not too long ago, and it goes right along with what Mary Jo was saying. The word of God is so wonderful. When we sit and read it with faith and expectation that the Holy Spirit will show and teach us all things as Jesus promised in John chapters 14 through 16, we will receive wisdom, knowledge, understanding, direction, correction, peace, joy, instruction, etc., all of these without fail. When we have this kind of faith and expectation, we'll never be drawn away from the truth of this precious word. And that's, that's 100%. When we read with faith and expectation and love, God will meet us there. I sit down and I say, oh, look, okay, Lord, what do you want to show me today? Just like Mary Jo does, where do you want me to go? And God will take me to a place in his word and bang, it's, it's what I am needing for that minute. So be encouraged today, guys and gals. Um, understand our heart is to help you and we want to help you to be victorious. We want to help you to finish your course well and that's why we're putting this out today we just wanted to bring some things to light about uh spirits of division and let's let's just not go there let's plant let's be united on the word let's be united on what the word says and again like i said last week let's let the word be the plumb line that we go to that's good. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Amen. Got any comments, questions, or anything like that? Click on the email link. You can drop them in the comments section down below in the video. And we will plan to see you guys next time. Have a great day.